Trek Companion. This is episode 320. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we are going to discuss Picard's third season episodes, 17 Seconds and No Win Scenario. Let's do it. 17 Seconds, Season 3, Episode 3, Original Release Date, March 2nd, 2023, directed by Jonathan Frakes, written by Jane Maggs and Cindy Apple. Guest cast include Michael Doran as Worf, Jonathan Frakes as William T. Riker, Kate McFadden as Beverly Crusher, Marina Sirtis as Deanna Troy, Todd Stashwick as Liam Shaw, Amanda Plummer as Vatic, Ashley Sharp Chestnut as Sidney LaForge, and Thomas Decker as Titus Rika. <laughs> The Shrike attacks the Titan, injuring Shaw, who transfers command to Riker. Beverly explains that she did not tell Picard about Jack to keep their son safe from the dangers of being the child of Jean-Luc Picard. Meanwhile, the Titan attempts to escape the nebula, but is cornered by the Shrike using portal technology. Picard advises Riker to lure the Shrike into a trap, but Riker wants to flee and prioritize saving the crew. And that is when I knew it would be like that forever. It will be what it always was, attempts on your life. And you never thought, if you had told me, it all might have been different. Jean-Luc, when the galaxy comes calling for you, you are not put upon by it. You love it. Don't tell me you would have walked away. Beverly, you made the choice for me. You don't get to condemn people. Before the fact. We get to talk about more good Star Trek. It's so great. It's all so good. This is like, what, the fourth time I've watched these episodes. Still just as good. Still just as damn good. Steve, why don't you start us? Now, this uh, continuing the quality from the first two episodes we reviewed last time, I mean, th- this episode has everything. It's phenomenal. It's, I know it's, it's a little longer than average, but in, it still incredibly packs a lot in. Um, it's another one of these I just, you know, I just saw this whenever it was a couple months ago, the first time. And, um, and I forget how much all this happened in this episode. You know, that was struck by that as, as, it, as, it, as we went through it. But, so the characters we're going to talk about, I'm sure, about some of the, the major points here, but so much drama between these characters we've known for so long. I never got this kind of drama. <laughs> and, and yeah, and this is just so deep. It's 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 startling. It's that deep, you know, to see yeah. these. It's like, I don't know, it's the equivalent of if you like, if you grew up and your parents were putting on a show about how they liked each other, then one day you walked in and they're <laughs> having an argument and uh, talking about stuff. You never, I don't know, something like that. It, it's, it it's, makes me wonder if it's going to feel a little different to watch next gen now. Yeah, like there's just yeah, like it was filtered or something, you know, in the past. But you know, so it's got the great character moments. Also has great action. You know, we have the the B story that carries on too is is still compelling, and you want to find out more with that. And it's it's uh it's great, and Worf's great with that. And um, I, I don't want to get too much into one thing yet because um, you get obviously a reveal that ties it to uh, '90s Trek that wasn't anticipated, perhaps, and. Uh, uh, just so something great for fans, something great for anybody who just wants to, you know, see see great characters and great action. Um, I, I love this episode. This is this is. I mean, I love the whole season, but this is just fantastic. I love it. Yeah, the, the two we're talking about today are might be my favorite two of the whole season, and they're the least. And and believe me, I love every episode of the season. These two might be the least um, nostalgic-y mm-hmm. in a way, but I love these two episodes. I think the next one might be my favorite of the season. 
I think the episode, next episode might be my favorite of the season. But anyway, both these episodes are so, are so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, before we drill down, uh, Adam, you got any top level thoughts about this one? Oh yeah, I'm in total agreement with you both. It's a it's a fantastic episode. Um, like Steve was saying, and you got you were saying, you know, we've never seen this drama with the characters, um, and they've set it up very well. I mean, obviously, you you know, finding out about a child you have that's you know 23, 24 years old, that's highly dramatic, and having that having that scene with Picard and Beverly is it's amazing. Um, it's just the right amount of tension and it doesn't go over the top. And then, you know, later on in the episode, we get the, um, the role reversal, but with Picard and Riker where, you know, Riker's in charge and Picard is, you know, the, the number one. And so there's that dynamic and that, um, that it's that friction between them about how, which way they want to go. And obviously, you know, we get in this episode, Picard confronting Riker about, you know, he's, you know, he's lost, basically lost his edge because, you know, of the, the tragedies that he's gone through in life. And that that even reveals even, you know, more layers to the relationship. So, yeah, it's it's fantastic. I mean, we get this, you know, you get like a you get the submarine, you even get, you know, in the nebula that, you know, we've seen it in, you know, Wrath of Khan, um, you know, back in the original series, you know, just, you know, this cat and mouse game that's going on in the nebula and i i love submarine movies and I, when they're done well they're really good and they use that element in here and it's almost a backdrop to the um to the episode you don't even notice it that much but it's a great it's a great way to tell a story and they do a fantastic job using that in this episode and you know obviously like steve was saying you know they're packing a lot of stuff in in this episode um we start finding out about changelings and wharf wharf is the um comedy relief in this in this episode i mean it's um it, it's, it's so great so yeah thoroughly enjoyed it all right let's talk about what might be my favorite scene of the entire series of picard the beverly picard scene in i think they're in sick bay yeah correct that scene is so great uh it's you know i've watched it so many times I'm trying to put my finger on i mean it's so great for so many reasons but it's it's written incredibly well uh, their performances are fantastic. The way it's kind of shot and cut together is really well. Like the blocking of the scene, I guess. I guess, sorry, you know, the way it's like directed. The blocking of the scene, like they move in closer, the way the camera moves and stuff. Anyway, it's it's just great. And I think what I love most about it is that she never, she doesn't say, I'm sorry. She does not say that once ever. She doesn't say that the whole season, I don't think, right? And she, because she's not. I mean, she regrets that she has caused him pain. But she does not regret her actions ever. And she does a pretty damn good job of explaining why she did this pretty horrible thing. Um, and she doesn't take it back, you know, and that's the drama is in there and, and it's so effective. And I've never I've, I'm not sure I've seen anything like it in Star Trek. And I like how they put her, her, you know, her reasonings towards the end of that scene. You know, she's talking about her husband, Jack, Wesley, you know, everybody that's been with Picard has she's lost so I mean it makes sense by the end you know I kind of found myself especially the first time watching it I'm like you know yeah Picard you should just you should yeah all out but at the end you're like oh okay and I like that they they never they never cross a line you know you see these fights or something and people just get crazy and they just start calling each other names and at at least you know as difficult as this situation is i mean they they never crossed the line and got personal with each other and that's the that was the the genius of the writing and you know the history of the characters that they still even in this moment had respect for each other 
Yeah, to achieve that with the writing and the acting, that balance where it, it feels it's so real. It feels like, okay, this is this is real. This is not manufactured. The emotions are real. The reasoning is understandable, but also not to tip the scales where you don't, where at least I didn't feel like, you know, okay, he's right. She's wrong. She's right. He's wrong. Any, yeah. Anything like that. It's just kind of like, you know, people have... People have their reasons, and sometimes it's their unfortunate things happen. But it's, you can't blame is not really what's the heart of this thing. And, and yeah, I just the writing and the acting is some of the best ever. You put that together, you get this. And and you know, you mentioned the directing. You know, Jonathan Frakes gets to direct this thing, this episode where he's doing some of the media stuff himself. You know, in this thing he's ever had. Yeah, and he's yeah. the director too. And I mean, what a what a crazy challenge, interesting kind of episode. Later on, you referred earlier to the scene with, you know, that whole latter half of the episode where you've got, you know, the weird dynamic with Picard and Riker and, you know, choices like him just sticking on Picard's expression when Riker gives him the door, you know, at the end of it. And, and instead of, you know, going on, you know, Frakes and his saying these venomous words, all these things, it's just phenomenal. Actually, the moment before that is my favorite. Mm -hmm. So there, it's like a, like... Riker is in foreground on the right side, and mm -hmm. in the background, you've got Picard kind of standing behind him, back behind, mm -hmm. and they're both facing camera. So Picard can't see Riker's face, but we see both their faces. Yeah. And the amount of time it takes Riker as he's sitting there, and he sits on his face, and what goes through his face, there's no mm -hmm. lines. It's yeah. so good. He's so good. Like, the look on his face and the, the change, it's not just he has a look and we sit on it. Things happen in his mind and we right. see it on his face and he processes this information and he turns around and tells him remove yourself from the bridge mm -hmm. and he got that he has that line you've just killed us all and adam you were talking about you like sub stuff uh, that line reminded me of i don't know i'm not sure if it was intentional i haven't read any behind the scenes or anything but it reminded me of you know arguably the best if not certainly i mean it's certainly one of the best sub movies ever made hunt for red october right it reminded me of that Sarsgard, that line to Sarsgard, kind of near the end. He says, "Killed us all. You've killed us all." Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, yeah, it's really good. It's really good. It's so good. And we've never seen that, right? I mean, I understand. You know, it was a little bit retroactive. It, it wasn't like when Roddenberry created the original series, he he had stamped out this idea of the what did they call it in the eighties and nineties, the Roddenberry box, like this drama free like humans have gotten beyond that or whatever thing that wasn't so on the nose or omnipresent in the 60s but certainly by the time next gen came around that's what roddenberry had kind of changed star trek 2 in his mind and so it's way more extreme on next gen than it was in the original series but we just weren't used to seeing this kind of conflict between these characters ever ps9 got away with it because Berman Roddenberry's protege wasn't, you know, didn't have his finger on that show the way he did the other ones. But we've ne certainly never seen these next-gen characters ever have this kind of conflict. I mean, yeah, it is, it's truly the anti-next-gen episode. I mean, like I said, the, the character drama and Picard and Riker both being outsmarted by the enemy. I mean, you know, they, you know, at the end of this episode, it's doomed. They've lost. You know, you were speaking of, you know, Riker's look on his face. It's like, you know, resignation that we're we're dead. 
But it's not like, I mean, he doesn't say, remove yourself from the bridge, you a-hole. No. <laughs> Which is what the Hunt for an October scene says. He says, you ignorant ass, you've killed us all, I remember. There's not, that's not there. Look at the beginning of the next episode. You know, there's still right. love and respect. Sure. But, you know, I think Riker's, maybe not as upset with the moment. Spur of the moment reaction. But no, I mean, he is upset with Picard, but he's also upset with himself for going sure. against his instinct. But the truth is, I, I mean, it doesn't seem like either one of them, either of their solutions was going to work. Because before Picard's solution fails, battle, Riker's solution to escape had already failed repeatedly. But yeah, it's it's not like, like you were saying earlier, Steve, there's still an, enough restraint there. There's because they're starting in a place of such respect um, and love that they're not going to go so far that they can't come back from it. But yeah, the, the characters just feel so real in a way that they never did before. Humans. Yeah. Yeah. Human. <laughs> So, yeah, I remember the first time seeing this, and I mean, I I watched the very first teaser, I think it was, that showed a couple of the people that come back later, or at least one. But after that, I, I went radio silent, so I didn't know. I mean, if, I, they had other trailers and images and blah, and I skipped all of it. So, at least for me, it was completely, it was like, Holy crap! That kind of looked like a change. Like, because the first time we see, uh, it's it's the the engineering dude attacking Jack, and it's you think it looks like a change. Like, but you're not. It's not really confirmed until later when they're interrogating when Rafi and Worf are interrogating that dude. But kind of meaty, <laughs> kind of meaty looking. Yeah, it's it is much better. I was trying to imagine like that shot of it oozing through whenever. Is it this episode? Or no, it's the next one. But when it's seven shoots at it or something and it oozes through the wall or something. And um, the way it looks, imagine now in your mind, remember exactly how it looked anytime Odo would go to gel form in DS9. <laughs> it's much more real and creepy here. That's for sure. Well, there's that, you know, Rafi's like, shoot it. And Worf, you know, it's kind of like, right. you know, kill it, kill it. <laughs> And speaking of Odo, of course, the nod to his character without saying it, I really I really like that. Yeah, Worf's line about, um, I knew a man of honor in the Great Link who told me some stuff about this conspiracy group or whatever. Yeah. So I forget, the, do we find this out later? They, they've been genetically altered in some way, so they're not exactly like what Odo they're, is. They are right? a little different. Yeah, we find that out later. I love the special effects. They're, they're so good. Every time the Titan moves in this episode, it has like a weight to it. Which you know takes me back, Adam. You brought up like the the Nebula battle in Wrath of Khan, you know, and this this is closer to that than JJ ships, but still, it's not completely that. I mean, they're still they're moving in a little bit more realistic way than we got out of the models, but not so much that they seem I don't know fake. Um, but there's just like a weight to it. They're they're, they're like tactile. Uh, when they when they turn, they turn slowly. I did notice. I don't remember thinking this before, but they they do this. They put this sound effect in there that is definitely a JJ sure. movies thing. Yeah, I've heard it. There's like this whir. You know, what I'm talking about that kind of almost like whir when it's in when the ship is in motion. It's like an engine hum. It's cool. I like it. I like the I like the effects. You know, everything has such a 
Like the writing is just the writing is so good. Everything has such a good motivation. You think about everything's sort of like organic. Ah, that almost sounded like a joke because I was going to talk about the blood from Shaw on the floor, huh. but I meant it <laughs> writing-wise. It's organic because he leaves this blood trail, and then he's in sick bay, and then he's asking Jack, "How do they find us?" And then Jack sees the the trail of blood and makes him think about you know. And then he goes to seven, and I don't know. There's just everything kind of makes sense. <laughs> this sounds stupid to say that that's a good thing, but we've just we've seen Star Trek that doesn't do that. <laughs> You know? well, the, the dots go this way and that way. They don't connect really. Yeah. As opposed to what you talked about, uh, you know, in like previous seasons of Picard, Steve, I remember you saying, like, it seems like they had something that they wanted to do and then they had to make up a reason to get there. As opposed to mm-hmm. here, it feels like. A natural, natural. Yeah. 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 It's like, the, and, they, and they put the work in. It's not like just a good idea, right? It's like you have a good idea and then you, you have you have good characterization through good writing and the plot has a logic to it but it's not too remedial or whatever and then these kind of and we see in the next episode perhaps more so this kind of rhythm to it the rhythm to the cuts the rhythm to the edits and all this that that makes that that's like you put work into it you tried you not only you got something good but it's not like you just then like so just do next scene next scene next scene you you connect it all and do it in a way that that is interesting and compelling you know so it's it's really they really worked at it so um i um the first time i watched this i had a bit of a fear because um the you know i guess jack's near-death experience it kind of activates it activates him and we'll get into that um what's going on with him down the road but i remember seeing you know the red vines and all that stuff and the you know he's kind of having this flashback while he's having the internet and it, i don't know it it scared me a little bit i'm like oh i'm enjoying the season so much and this kind of seems this kind of seems goofy, like something out of Discovery. I got, I was kind of scared for several episodes that they were just that this was going off on some weird tangent, like they've done in past seasons. But I mean, for the audience out there who hasn't seen it, it turns out all right. But I, I was scared for a little all, while. Yep, it all it all makes sense. I will say, uh, minor complaint, criticism, minor criticism. Those red vines makes me think of my favorite treat when I go to the commercial <laughs> cinema, which. I don't think we had red vines growing up in Missouri, but out here in California, that's everywhere. That's the thing. And if you're a person that gets Twizzlers, you're a weirdo, right? Because red vines are where it's at. Red vines, I mean, the red vines are like in and out, right? They're just a staple of Southern California, and I love them. I've never been a licorice person. You guys don't have red vines. Neither one of you guys have red? You don't have red vines in Chicago, Adam? I'm I'm really sure we do, but I mean, I'm not a licorice person candy person i've never never uh, been all right all right well anyway maybe, every maybe time I, I see those I, I come out and see you again you can get me some red vines to try yes but i see those scenes and he's all scared and i'm like it looks tasty <laughs> <laughs> i'm hungry <laughs> i could eat them all i could it would take a while but i could eat all of them just let them grow and uh more for me so we have a flashback scene at the beginning and talk about usually good special effects, but I'll, I'll tell you when it stops looks like a video game. These these de-aging things, I mean, they get better, right? But this this kind of smoothing out skin to make people look younger stuff, I mean, it's I mean, fine. It they better. try to hide it in the shadows, but it's just, you know. Do you remember uh, the first time I think I ever saw it was X-Men 3, that opening scene with uh, Patrick Stewart. And that was a long time ago. And it it looked weird at the time. This is better than that, but 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 this is um, a TV budget. But honestly, 
Picard still sounds like 80 year old Patrick Stewart. He has, you know, that raspiness that he has that he didn't have 30 years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, well, I guess this is, then this is fair. This isn't all, this isn't going all like the way back to years. next gen. 15 to 20, something like that. Probably. Yeah. It's got, it's got to be right. Cause didn't the son die at 18, I think or something. I don't know. He was definitely a teenager right. and he's been dead for at least a couple or a few years. So yeah, this, I guess this could be as much as 20 years. Yeah, Actually, it's probably some is... point within the first few years after Nemesis, it had to be. Yeah, after like after obviously after uh, Riker takes over the Titan, but but if you pretend that the first two seasons didn't happen, you don't really know how old his son was when he passed away, so you can just suspend disbelief. <laughs> yeah, the only time I've ever seen a, a you know Marvel, you know, obviously with Michael Douglas and Sam. I guess the best I've seen him was Sam Jackson and um, um, Captain Marvel. Yeah, I think Captain Marvel it was done pretty well because you forget about it. Just based on the trailers, the new Indiana Jones seems like it's might be done pretty well. Yeah. But I guess we'll see about that soon. I mean it should be. They got enough footage of young Harrison Ford and yeah, these guys are younger. But I think you're right, they kinda of, they cheaped out a little bit and they tried to to cover it more with shadows. I mean it looks like the only thing they really did for Riker is just make his beard less beard and his hair less gray. Apparently, Deanna or Marina <laughs> lives in London, and she didn't. Which is based on a couple of tweets I saw. Like she didn't, she didn't want to come out to LA for months and months. So that's why, you know, she requested to be in fewer episodes. But you can put her in for a couple of minutes at the beginning of this one, and then you know, shoot all that stuff. <laughs> that and then it's the next one where at the end there's she's on screen again for a couple more minutes but you know you can shoot that stuff months later when she's in town um but i I think it all works you know it all it all seems fair and makes sense you could just shoot that in london i like the little mini storyline there with um laforge calling seven commander seven and we get the first scene where what is it, that bit when she kills the changeling, when Seven kills the changeling, and Shaw says, uh, how did you know? And she says, because she calls me Commander Seven, out of respect. Isn't that the next episode? You're right, that's the next one. Look, see, I'm getting them <laughs> confused up. But this episode sets it up. Yeah, with for sure. The, when LaForge checks on Seven. Uh, for sure. Yeah, but you're right, that 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 moment was in the next one. So, okay, so let's, let's get there. Uh, what's this episode about? Well, if you take the Picard, it's coming to terms with your past and the decisions that you make and the reasons, you know, I mean, obviously, I mean, I obviously think that seems the crux of this episode of, of what, at least what I wanted to know. And it, it hits home on, you know, it's like you said, you, the decisions that you make and the consequences that, that they have and um, also understanding why you made them and um. I think what we see out of Beverly is we understand why, why she made him. You know, if we look at the, you know, the other side of it with Riker, you know, we might get it. We get a little bit more of this in the next episode of his reasonings and why he's there. And, and, and with Riker, he clear to me, you know, watching this the first time around, he didn't seem like Riker, you know, you know, last time we, that we saw Riker was um in lower decks and obviously that's a little bit of an exaggeration but that felt more like um you know william Riker. you know he's he was kind of always a chance taker you know as a gambler and that kind of thing and what we see in this episode is almost like the exact opposite so i don't just, just coming to terms with your emotional your state and it's kind of what i took from it 
Yeah, I think the the two biggest uh, events in this episode, what ties them together, the whole business with Picard and Beverly and the business with Picard and Riker is this notion, once again, just a, a theme throughout the season of um, not just coming to terms with the past, but recognizing you can't run from it. You can try to run from the past, but if you really want to live, you want to be your full self and have relationships, you have to recognize what the past and the events that have led up to that have done to you and done to others. And uh, you, you ultimately you have to face that if you try to hide from it or run from it sooner or later it's going to bite you and you're going to have to face it anyway if you really want to live a whole life and i think that's that's what these characters are all dealing with and that's what makes this so rich and interesting to talk about with these characters that we love so much these two episodes feel like they connect to it's almost like one long episode more so than than any of the other episodes in this season obviously it's not episodic um it's modern but these two i mean it's there's there's no break in these. It's it's a two-parter for sure. All right, let's do six degrees for 17 seconds. Uh, Steve, you started this off, right? Yep. Thomas Decker plays Titus Rika, the changeling who is apparently not suffering from narcotics withdrawal. Decker played Thomas Picard, one of Picard's sons, in which feature film? Hmm. Uh, okay. Um, generations. Yes, sir. Yep. It's in the Christmas scene. I almost asked okay. what day of the what day of the year it was, but they're like, oh, it's <laughs> obvious. Yeah, he was one of the little kids. Oh, fun. He's the one that asked him to help him build the castle. Uh. So he wasn't his um, brother, right? Or no, no. This is in the no, film generations. Okay, That's, yeah. well, this is not. Um... Oh, you're right. Rene, his nephew was Rene. in that scene, but played by a different actor than. Okay. Yeah, Renee was in that gotcha. scene. But that that different actor, also a different actor from the one who played him in the TV show. Okay, uh, Steve has one. Moving on. No in scenarios, season three, episode four. Original release date March 9th, two thousand twenty-three. Directed by Jonathan Frakes. Written by Terry Madelis and Sean Trada. Guest cast include Jonathan Frakes as William T. Riker, Gates McFadden as Beverly Crusher, Marina Sirtis as Deanna Troy. Todd Stashwick as Liam Shaw, Amanda Plummer as Vatic, and Ashley Sharp Chestnut as Sydney LaForge. With only a few hours of power remaining on the Titan, Riker admits Picard was right about him and suggests he spends his last moments bonding with Jack. Heeding Riker's advice, Picard takes Jack to the holodeck where they tell each other some of their adventures, but are joined by Shaw, who bitterly recounts his experience during the Battle of Wolf 359. Meanwhile, Seven is on the hunt for a changeling imposter. You must have heard about the Battle of Wolf 359. Forty Federation starships up against one Borg cube. Yeah, I was just an engineering, just a, a grease monkey. And the next second, it's like, like space itself was burning. All right, so from now on, when Jack sees those vines, I want you to think about candy and red vines. Think about red vines. Yeah. Adam, kick us off on no win scenario. So we jump right into this episode where we left off. Um, obviously, the last episode was a bit of a cliff cliffhanger, so I'm glad we got to do both of these in one episode. We um, last episode we left um, we left Picard and Riker, or Riker is kicking Picard off the bridge, saying he's killed us all. 
Um, and they don't take too long. You know, it's not, they get into resolving this pretty quick and the episode is pretty much right off the top. Riker comes in and he, um, he explains to Picard what he's going through. You know, he's, you know, he's first, he tells him, you know, we're dead in the water. We're all going to, we're all going to die. Basically you need to make things right with your son. But then he goes into the, you know, the soliloquy, the monologue that about what he's going through, the death of his son, you know, the bleakness of, you know, seeing his son buried and that pain of a father losing a son. I mean, it's, it's unimaginable. And, um, um, Jonathan does a great job portraying it. And the reasons that he's, he's there with Picard was to run away from that pain and what he couldn't give Deanna, you know, and we see that, we see that earlier in the scene, you know, where he's trying to, to write a letter or, you know, give his voice letter to Deanna and he can't say anything. And what I was saying from the previous episode, this isn't the Riker that we know we knew before. I mean, we haven't gotten, and we haven't gotten this, you know, when we, in the first season of Picard, we understood that his son had died and they were, you know, he was going through it, but we we never really kind of got to delve into it. And obviously he's not in season two at all. So this is where we get the emotional grief, the toll that, that was taken upon him and um, Deanna of, of losing their son. And it makes sense. It makes sense from when you look back in the previous episode that we're not getting um, the William Riker that we got from everything previous and kind of the, the fear that's kind of seeped into him. So I thought it was, a, it was, a, it wasn't as good as the Beverly Picard scene from the last episode, but I, you know, I think it's really up there um, and it's a different tone and it's, it's, it's revealing. So I, that's that I really enjoyed that, that scene. And um, obviously we get further in the episode um, again, we're still having, you know, this um, nebula battle, you know, they're sinking, you know, and it's, and it kind of feels like more of these, you feel the pulses coming along and, um, crushers investigating them you know they're seven and shaw they're you know trying to find these changelings they're trying to get the the ducks open so it's there's a lot of elements that we've seen in a lot of previous star treks that that they kind of combine in here and it's shaw's kind of become humorous you know in the last episode you know he was well in this episode obviously you know in the bar in the holodeck he comes in and he recounts all the things that happened in wolf 359 so you feel for him and then Picard kind of goes through that emotion. So they pack a lot into this episode and I'm kind of jumping around. So I apologize about that because there's a lot in here and it's a really good episode. And um, I'll let one of you guys take the helm and talk a little bit more about it. But I just wanted to talk about that first scene. You didn't even mention the, uh, the five years ago, the three scenes in 10 forward, five years before this, where the presumably Starfleet Academy trainees, maybe that uh, cadets rather that, uh, yeah bombard him with questions during lunch and it makes a lot more sense that you know it's very revealing because we don't see jack until the end and they're like oh okay this is why he chose didn't choose him the first time i watched this season this was not my favorite episode i mean i loved it but i i remember there was one other episode i don't remember which one there was another one that stood out for me more but the second time i watched it this was my favorite and this time it's it's it, this this episode is just really really great, and it's that moment. I I love that moment because that scene at the end, that moment at the end, is Picard realizing that that had happened. I guess I'm jumping ahead, but I'm talking about it now, so let's talk about it. You know, and it's all it's almost like it's not exactly fair because he's obviously been trying to eat his damn lunch, right? <laughs> and they keep asking questions, and I don't know that he 
he doesn't mean exactly what he says when Starfleet was all the family I ever needed, but he's he is he means it a little bit, but not a hundred percent. But he's also he's being arrogant, Picard. But he's also just like hungry, and his fish is getting cold, you know. <laughs> but this, but sometimes that happens, right? You say this stupid thing that in, turned out to be a much bigger moment than you ever thought or intended it for it too, and you can't take it back. And it's it's such a heartbreaking moment when you see him five years later, like present on the bridge, looking at Jack and real and remembering that. And there are no words. You just see it in his face. Yes. hundred you know, percent. Yeah. Cause that, they could have played that differently. They could have just played that as so that we, the audience understand why Jack uh, never introed himself to Picard, but that's not what they do. They, you know, they clearly play it on Picard's face that he remembers that moment. And and it helps, you know, it probably prodded him toward remembering it because they were earlier in this episode, they were on 10 forward having this conversation. And Jack's almost about to tell him, right? That moment when um, Picard says, uh, you've, your mom probably already told you this story, right? And he's he's about to say, well, actually, I heard you tell it this day at <laughs> 10 forward when you were trying to have lunch. You know, I, I think I'm pretty sure he's about to say it. Uh, and then that's when Shaw walks in. Um, but all those little things are, I think those are the things that help Picard remember that at yeah. the, the end of this episode. That's how he remembers. You know, it's subtle things. And I suspect, Brian, that's maybe why you liked it so much better the next time through is because there are so many yeah. subtle references that, you know, when, when you come back to it all and you say you can appreciate more all that they're working to do to put that, put that together like that, because it, you know, on the surface, it seems kind of like a, almost like a cheap thing if you don't think of all the other nuances. But then when you realize all the, all the little, yeah. the places they're setting, setting the table for you. And also the, that whole way they did that, there's not that many actors that you could do that to. It's like, okay, what we're going to do is you're, we're not going to, you're not going to say you remember it all of a sudden, but we're going to, you're going to show that in your face. And then that together with the editing is going to tell the audience that you remember now, you know, <laughs> how many people can do that, you know? And so, yeah. All that together makes that that such an incredible thing. And I mean, in this, uh, yeah, this episode, what's so interesting is we, we it just kind of was fortuitous. We did these two episodes together as well, because they make for a, a real, it's almost like a great feature film, right? I mean, I know it's not like you have the setup and everything else, but the, the kind of the beats and what it feels like. So you had that, a lot of it was set up in that first section. You come into this episode, now we have the, the gritty, okay, there's someone, there's a changeling on board. We're finding them. We're, you know, bringing out, you know, taking all the stops. We can figure out how we're going to, we're sinking here. How are we going to get out of this? Then it comes to this interesting conclusion, which is something that's interesting about this season too, is that the end of the fourth episode is like a resolution. That's like building. It's like, this is the end of part one or something. And now we're going to get into the rest of the season. There's still more, more to tell, but there is, there's a, there's kind of a relaxing moment here. It's not just constant tension. We, at the end of this, it's, it's uh, it's like, oh, well, that that feels good. That's nice. We're in this place, and now let's let's tell the rest of this, you know. And so I think that's also interesting how they handled this season. The last scene, you know, where they're riding the wave, and he, they pulls the asteroid into Vedic ship. I mean, it's it looks amazing. It's it's movie quality, and it's it's fun at the end, and you know, and and, and I think it's done done for a point to kind of show that that Riker's got his groove back, kind of way, you know. A typical Riker maneuver, you know, they threw a ship at us. Now we're going to throw throw a rock at them. But we, they even find time to work in that, you know, the far point looking aliens, whatever that, you know, yep. there's like it's like a Star Trek episode in here. Yeah. They put a Star Trek episode yeah. in the middle of their Star Trek episode. <laughs> to boldly go, 
You say we get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah. And like I, I was mentioning, they humanize Shaw a lot in this episode. I think you know, like he comes off as a prick there in the in the bar, and he even admits that. But by the end of it, you know, that's it's a funny scene where Picard confronts him. He's like, "Yeah, hey, you're a colossal." You know. All right. Well, yeah, Picard has that, despite the fact that you are a dipshit from Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do I have to beep that? I don't know. Uh, before I forget, are the they're not the exact same as the Farpoint aliens, right? Or they would have pointed that out. I would have, I would have think they would have pointed that out, and they don't look exactly like them. But they're similar. It's, it's, it's similar it could be baby eyes. versions of those things, yeah, hypothetically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they do reference Farpoint. It's funny because Picard says, all right, Crusher says something, and we're like, well, we did encounter, and Picard says, Farpoint, yes, Farpoint. <laughs> and, uh, and I couldn't help it, just for a second, I'm like, I understand Picard remembers that. I wonder if Patrick Stewart remembers that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> you know, he probably had to ask him, what is far, what, Farpoint? What is, what is this? And that's kind of our first scene where we get to see part of the crew back together around in the, you know, the ready room around the table. And, you know, obviously, well, the more characters show up there by the end, they're all at the, you know, and the, so it's, I think that's our first glimpse of, um, you know, the reunion sitting at the table and it's a good scene, you know, let's, let's go out doing what we do best. Yeah. But I, I like too, that it's like, they really have to convince, you know, talk about those, the role reversal, reversal stuff. Riker is in charge, not Picard. And they have to convince Riker and they, they do it. And it, it takes him a while. And even then, Riker isn't just, okay, let's do that. He finds kind of a variation on their plan that he is comfortable with, you know? So it's still a big compromise thing, but uh, it works. It makes sense. Before I forget, I also want to say uh, Stephen Barton. Steve Barton is writing most of the music for this season, I think. I think he did it in conjunction maybe with somebody else. I forget. But Stephen Barton and Frederick Viedman. Steve Barton, I know from some video games that he wrote some beautiful music and some video games, but I like when Seven goes to get advice from Shaw about how to find the changeling. <laughs> is that bit, you know, we got off the wrong foot. You'll make a great captain someday, which is something you would say if you were, <laughs> if it was a changeling and not just a dick. Right. You're, you're getting it now. <laughs> It's funny. Which again, it's it's so uh, impressive the writing because it's it's easy to in the in the moment you feel all these comic moments and very tense things, but that's not so easy to do sometimes when you have a very yeah. serious situation sprinkling comedy throughout it. But that's his character, and it's staying very true to his character. Yes, you know? like that line could not be that that wouldn't work with anybody else in this yep. ship. Yep, yeah. true. And the, and the funny part about it by by the time we get to this end of the season, he actually did say it. So that's even funnier when you get to the end mm -hmm. of the season. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that that scene it it. It gets pretty dark uh, in Ten Forward when he's telling his story about Wolf Three Five Nine, because he eventually gets to the that touching bit about there were only ten seats, but there were forty of us, and the commander in charge was just picking people seemingly randomly, randomly. But you know, why was I number ten? You know, why me? That obviously is something that's haunted him. But you know, you go back and you look at that first episode. Uh, the the dinner scene, my favorite scene in the first episode of Picard season three, between Shaw Seven, Riker, and Picard. Obviously, Shaw is a jerk. That's one thing, but he also clearly has a chip on his shoulder about Picard. And here is where we find out what that's all about. 
And that's the beauty of the writing of this season. They're setting things up for, they're layering things and setting things up. So, I mean, obviously, you know, we can see this watching it the second time through, you know, when I watch, <clears throat> when I watch, Picard, when I watch the season the first time, I'm just like, Shaw's just going to be a one dimensional character. Who's just going to be an antagonist, one dimensional character that they'll have to deal with for a little while, a little while and they'll kick him to the side, you know, the, the prototypical jerk yep. that you, you run yep. into. And the beauty of this writing is they, they, they gave him depth and character and reasoning. And so, yeah, and it's, um, he's one of the, he, to me, I don't know. It, he was one of the surprising characters of this whole mm-hmm. se- this series of this yeah. season. Yeah. Well, like we talked about in past seasons where they, where they drop the ball when you, it's like when you have the whole season in front of you and you know, what's going to happen, it, it's, it's mind boggling in those earlier seasons, why it feels like they just make it up as they go along and try to get to an end point. It's like, you didn't have to do that here. You, you it's illustrated what you can do when you really plan well, you know, and you can, you can sprinkle these seeds earlier on, you know, we do get Picard taking the chair and saying, engage, I'm waiting for that. Got that. Mark that off the list. I like the scene between Riker and Deanna on the screen. That scene is, um, you know, we only see it from Riker's side. The, it, the camera never cuts to Deanna's side. So this, this is Riker's story. When she says something like, uh, I haven't heard you express these kind of beautiful thoughts in a long time. And, and he says, I know, and that's on me. It's uh, Frakes acting the hell out of it. He's He's really good. <laughs> he's really good. It's great writing, but it's great performances. You know, it's almost a shame. Like when I talk about, I wonder if next gen, like 1987 to 1994, next gen is going to feel different. I don't know. It's going to feel like there were maybe, maybe, maybe there were some missed opportunities. These people could do this stuff. And that Beverly scene in the previous episode was the best scene she ever got in Star Trek. By far. And she's been doing Star Trek for 35 years. We talked about this before. Brent and um, Patrick got got the meat of the yeah. original seven. But if I, everybody, all the other characters, you know, from the original, they got something in this season. I mean, something poignant in this season. So, you know, we'll get that with the Forge later on and, and Worf. So, yeah, it's nice. They all really got got their moment in this season. So that was nice. Deanna gets to make up for. We'll find that that find that out in the last episode. I won't say. So, do we think it was intentional how they kind of at the end of this we have the shot with uh, Jack at the mirror and how it it seems to parallel or mirror the shot early on in Star Trek: First Contact? Do you guys see that as well? I mean, with with I thought when I saw that shot and what he was going through, it reminded of his that dream sequence at the beginning of First Contact with. Picard yeah, I can see mirror. that. If I recall, I was probably thinking about candy for some reason at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet tooth. What's this episode about? Um, it was playing on the same themes as the the last episode. Coming to terms with your past and the present. We see that a lot with Riker. You know, he's he's admitting to um, Picard. You know why he's there and and. And what brought him to this point? Um, we see that with Shaw. I mean, you know, with all these things that have happened in the past that have brought all these characters to this point, you know, like I said, we see it with Shaw. Um, we see it with Picard and Jack 
all the you know all these dots that got to connected that brought everybody to this exact moment and place and time. Yeah, I think it's another reason why these two episodes that we've talked about today make a good one-two punch because in a way this this episode is picking up off the last episode. This, there's still this notion of your past is with you and what you lived through and what you did. You, you can't just run from it, but it's it's the it's the positive, the happy side, the the, the uh, fulfillment side of it. The things like if you face your past, if you roll with it, and then try to learn and and build off of it, and you can you can have hope again. You can you know build relationships. You can uh, you know come together and make something happen, and it can be a positive experience, even if it's based on something that was tra- tragic. So, yeah, fantastic. Um, and in each, so if you look at that with Riker, Picard, and Shaw, by the end of this episode, they've they come to terms in some way or form with the events of the past. You know, Riker, death of his son, all that, and he comes back to where he where he to his true self. You know, and he has that scene with Deanna. And he's like, "That's on me. I haven't been me." Shaw, he has that he has that moment where he can confront Picard about with all this pain that he has, and by the end of the episode, he is. It seems like he's more him. And, you know, obviously the scene that we were talking about earlier with Picard, you know, when he realizes that was Jack in the bar and that's a cathartic scene for him. So, yeah, those are the themes that that come to head in this episode. I mean, maybe it's something we can talk about down the line sometime, but I think this is going to rank right up there. If you had to say what are the best back to back episodes of any Star Trek, you know, that are just for the quality of both put together. This is ranks right up there in my opinion. Yeah. These two. I was thinking another reason, honestly, that I think I think I enjoyed these so much, maybe the most of the season, in a season that is full of fantastic freaking episodes. These are the two where it's just the ship out on the edge of the galaxy. Very quickly it's gonna become a big Starfleet, you know, save the universe level conspiracy blah 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 which is i mean it's it's still done really well and i massively enjoy it but it's not the whole season we it's only half of it so it's a nice you know these two episodes are our friends alone at the edge of the galaxy in a ship and that's just probably more my uh, you know my speed all right let's do six degrees for no win scenario uh adam yes Picard, when he's talking, telling those stories five years ago in Ten Forward, he recalls his experience with the Temerians speaking metaphors from Next Gen's fifth season. Name that episode. Oh, crap. I thought this was too easy. I felt bad. I've always been bad with episode names. Oh, that sounded mean. I'll cut that out. <laughs> Adam, you're so awful. I'll cut that out. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Get it. Um... <laughs> Uh, I, I can't. I don't remember. Steve's got it. Darmok. Yes, sir. Darmok. All right. So two more fantastic freaking episodes from Picard's third season. Uh, I don't think we had any news. I did read that uh, season three of Strange New Worlds production has been delayed for obvious reasons with the writer's strike. They were getting ready to start filming. Oh, so they were like in pre-production. Yeah, I think they're. I think they're slated to start filming like in the last week. Coincidentally, yeah, they just halted. Yeah, it's so silly. I mean, there used to be a time when you didn't start shooting your movie or your TV show until you had the script. <laughs> what quaint days those were. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess maybe that's more for rewrites if they need things rewritten or done on that nature. Yeah, but it, I mean, I'm sure they got most of the scripts are done at this point. Uh, I am looking forward to our the first Star Trek TV episodes on 
4K Blu-ray coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Strange New World Season 1 is a week or two away, something like that. All right. Uh, we're going to be back in two weeks to discuss the next two episodes of Picard's third season. Until then, you can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at trekcompanion. Thank you so much for spending an hour with us. And until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. I passed it.